are back. It's another episode. Unfortunately, you guys will not be getting visuals this week because it's been a week. And all of us are tired. And we look tired. We're very tired. So y'all just gonna have to join in. Just for a recap, if you are a new follower, if you're a new listener, I am Sky. This is Oh, I'm Just a Mom. And I am presenting a summer series with two of my homegirls, high school buddies. We got some years in. Okay? Mm. So they will introduce themselves for the newcomers. And then we're going to get into this Thursday Thursdays. You know, just a little candid conversation with three moms. We're just going to talk about whatever the fuck we're going to talk about. Hey. hey. All right. You remind me of the girl that does the um the podcast on Dear White People, how she be in the studio. Oh, so you can make hear me that vibe right now. I've never watched Dear White People. What? It's a very slow show. It takes it, it takes is. a long time to like connect. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen it. Well, anyways, I'm Nikita, <laughs> Nikita Shelton, Beyond My Surface, um, LLC on Instagram, author, blogger, model three, and we about to get into it. Yes. Um, my name is Tisa, um, Tisa underscore Renee, T-E-S-A underscore R-E-N-E-E on Instagram. Um, yeah, I like to, uh, well, one, I just got master certified in life coaching today. Yes. Um, so I am a life coach and I also love to hold space for love, hope, healing, and growth through having conversations and through writing. So check me out on Instagram. Yes. yes. Follow, 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 follow if you're not following follow today not today today <laughs> so y'all we just gonna talk about how life be life in so y'all don't even want to know how long it took us to even get started because <laughs> i'm gonna start i'm gonna just start what is that monday that was did that happen on monday it happened on monday was it monday or was it tuesday it was definitely monday because tuesday was the concert oh you right true yeah so monday y'all monday was monday in because my child mm. Who chooses violence daily, and I've talked about her choosing violence. Um, decided that my MacBook needed a shower. Okay. Um, and I do mean a shower. When I lifted it up, water was just coming out. The little tab bar, when you press it, water was squirting out of it. And I felt myself having an outer body experience with a three year old. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it because I'm trying to practice gender parenting. And um, so you want to kill her? I wanted to lay hands <laughs> on her and not in the biblical way, not in, <laughs> with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I wanted to lay hands on a three year old, but I knew that she didn't know the, the she did not know the ramifications of her actions. Listen. But baby, when I mm. say that MacBook is dead, <laughs> that bitch is dead. It ain't turning on. It's not indicating the plug. No, don't be sitting there. Don't get in the comments. I'm like, you put that right? No, you can't put your MacBook in right. Yo, what was the first thing, like, the first thought that popped into your mind when you walked back into the kitchen and you seen water on your like? It wasn't the kitchen. She went to my desk. Oh, I thought she was at the kitchen table. No, she went to my desk where I do my work. So she intentionally. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, I had an out-of-body experience. My child intentionally, and it wasn't like a regular bottle of water. It was water that had the sport top. So even if she had accidentally knocked it over, it wouldn't have drenched it. My child showered my MacBook. She took the top off of everything. She yeah. was paying you back to something. I don't know what, <laughs> but she ruined her own summer vacation. 
because now I'm gonna get a new MacBook and whatever we have planned, it's not happening. Um, so yeah, that's how Monday started, y'all. So that's why it took so long today because I had to pull out the 2012 MacBook Pro that's missing uh, the period button. <laughs> just lit up. <laughs> you know, this, this, this is my beginnings. MacBook that I bought, that refurb, and, um, you know, humble beginnings. But you know what you got to do, pushing through. We're know? pushing through. Like, that's that's, that's what mamas through. do. That's, that's what mamas that's do. What mamas do. Like, you know how, like, through. you know that push through, like, I, what we feel right now, it's like, you got to, like, muster up the energy, like, dig deep, and be like, you know what, I got to get this done. I don't want to be a procrastinator. You know, I want to stick to what I said I was going to do, so you just... Find it. Mm-hmm. And you want to move right now. Every single Every time. time. No. Every single Every time. time. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. Yeah. But. but I definitely didn't want to see her face. I didn't want to talk to her for about an hour or two. And I definitely was feeling some type of way about all the things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All the things because. Because I've been looking at you like, what, what possessed you to do that? That's what I kept asking her. And she just had this look. And it made me feel bad. Because she had this look of like, oh my God, I'm not even sure what's happening. But my mother is losing her mind. She cried so hard, y'all. She couldn't yeah. sleep. And I was just like, I mean, oh, I didn't put my hands on you. So, I mean, whatever. Go to bed. Yeah, you need to go to bed. Mm-hmm. You need to go to bed. Maybe she thought it was one of her little play things. So she could just. Well, partly, it's probably partly my fault. And some of her auntie's fault who bought her all these kitchen parts. And, you know, right. she got the fake kitchen. I go in her room and it's got water in the sink. That ain't supposed to be no water in me. <laughs> Why are you going in my bathroom getting water and pouring it in your kitchen? I would have did that as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, toddler shit is rough, man. Tyler, it's, Tyler. Been, it's been rough having a toddler during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Especially one that is active, right? Yes, not, my yeah. child is, like I said, she's smart for her age. So she definitely is not one that's going to sit in. Even the tablet, the tablet's not going to babysit my child. She needs to be moving at all times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how that I mean, like well, you like your week is, um, definitely it's been a week. Also, wonderful start, Taylor. Yeah, um, my week I'm just drained completely drained. Work has been crazy, the kids have been crazy, all the activities are starting, all the emails are starting. Mm-hmm. So, I think I'm beginning to feel overwhelmed with all the things that I have to do. Yeah, um. And it's just like thinking about all that I have to get done is just draining itself. Mm-hmm. Like nothing has even happened yet, but just understanding <laughs> the thought of it. Right? Right? Yeah. I'm just like, what am I gonna do? First of all, the pressure of oh my god, I gotta buy new sneakers, I gotta buy new clothes, a new book bag. Oh, and, I mean, yeah, she ain't thinking, but like, I'm gonna send my child back, right? So yeah, I just <sighs> feel like I'm, I'm just getting through the days hour by hour at this point. So. Yes, um, it's just dragging. Yes. Exhausting. Um, luckily, my youngest. I always talk about Daniel. Like Daniel is, a, I don't gotta be his mom, but I mean he's seventeen. Like he just got his license. I had to drive nowhere this week. He was driving himself to work, driving himself to the gym. I you can think on your own right now. Yeah. Um, but Daniel was gone this week, which was a blessing because I had to do six days of training, eight hours a day. So by the time you know, I got up class end of the day was you know, the class at the end of the end of the day, by the time the end of the day was here, I was exhausted. So just extremely, extremely tired. But I miss my baby because he's my only source of affection in my life right now. 
I just want y'all to go back in the other episodes and understand how they be scolding me about loving my son. It's not the same. She's a whole person. It's just that one. That one is super affectionate. Like he matches my energy with affection, right? Like they will be like, "What's up, mom? Good morning." But Jaden's like, "Mom, you're so beautiful. I love like he the affection he gives me, and we like have the whole nighttime." Just like I said, like he loves me so much different. I didn't call him my favorite. (laughs) I didn't say favorite. I said he just loves me different. And I quote, if y'all go back and listen to the episode, she definitely. I don't got no favorite, y'all. Don't let them talk about that. No, they do love you different, though. Like, Jaden, we were talking about love languages before this show started. We started this show. And um, my love language is physical touch first and then words of affirmation second. And my sons, I think, are very much in line with that. The uh, physical touch, he's always been super touchy feeling. When he was like one and two, like he didn't even have to know you. Like he would just, like, if you were at his school, he would just lift up your arm and go sit on your lap. Like, excuse me, I'm just, this is my, mm-hmm. you are my space. <laughs> Definitely boundary crosser. Um, and he loves praise. And like, when if he's, if you're talking about him, he'd be sitting there like, Where's my thing? Where's my thing? <laughs> Make for Atari. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but because he can match my energy with affection and yeah. I don't have another source of it right yeah. now, like, like, you want to hug? <laughs> you like, yeah. I think love languages are important because I think that, like, before I truly, like, understood who I was and understood, like, a lot about myself, yeah, I was making up my love languages based on what I wanted to be. Mm. And so now that, you know, because nobody wants to admit like mine are physical, well, words of affirmation and physical touch. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants to say like, oh, you know, words of affirmation, but you, you sound needy, like you need someone to Because people you. labeled it. Right. In the past few problems. But now that I'm at the stage, I'm like, oh, like, I need that. Like, I don't have a problem with admitting it. Um, but I think I was picking ones that made me feel or seem less like, well, easier to like, you yeah. know, please or mm-hmm. deal with. But now I'm just like, this is what I need. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't function or, you know, there's no putting hiding behind anything. That's so, right. Everybody, ain't no shame being on language. It's just the way you receive love. Do you think it changes though? Yes. As you grow? So I was with a partner one time. I was in a relationship one time um, where, at a period of my life where I was really trying to excel my career and it took a lot of time. Uh, you know, I can only do so much in a day. And I was with somebody in a relationship that literally, when I say, in his mindset, like men don't do anything. It was like I work and that was it. It was not I clean, it was not I cook, anything. So at that period in time, um, especially with me trying to accelerate my like focus on my career, I need that's what I needed. I needed so my love language at that time was like uh acts of service, mm. right? Like that probably was like number probably two. Um, whereas normally it's like number four. So I mean, definitely I don't know which one is physical touch first, and then and wait, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I was asking Tita like physical touch when you first like think of it, it's just like you know, somebody is like it sounds like you always have had like sex or whatever. But I was saying, like, I just need to like come home and feel that comfort with like like I like if if I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking and you come behind me and. Give me a hug, mm-hmm. or like I'm washing dishes, and you just like give me a little kiss on the cheek. Like that's everything. Mm-hmm. Like that level of intimacy before sex is so important. Yeah, like, I don't know why people don't understand that. Like I want you to know, like 
I know she needs a hug right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's really a thing. Like some women think physical touch is associated with you gotta be in the bed. Yeah. So I think that it needs to be like an understanding there. Yeah. No, I really <laughs> don't. It's not that because it's just not. I you know, no. And acts of service because I'm a I'm a giver. Yeah. So like I feel bad like if I give, give, give and then I get nothing. It's not like you have to give me something because I got you something because I didn't do it to get something back. But it's like, I want you to be able to know like, oh, I really like cards. So yeah. let me just get her a card. At least for somebody to know that you like, you're thinking of me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. like just random, just random things. Like, like I heard you say this, so I pop up with this. So yeah. my friends make fun of me because in college, I had like a immature thing about Care Bears because Care Bears was a comfort for me because that's what I remember watching with my mother. Yeah. And because my mom died when I was young, it was like, oh, Care Bears. And, you know, like in the early 2000s, Care Bears came back and it was like, if you could collect them all, that was a thing. And it's money. Well, I'm mad because I threw them all out because I was so mad at him, but I had almost all of them. He would like buy them for me so much so that he oh, because he bought them. He would buy them, and then I had to. I had so many of them that I had to buy like one of those canopy things to have mm-hmm. them up in the corner because it was so many of them. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean. So like, I'm like, if you buy me a teddy bear at almost forty, I'm still like, oh my god, because like, the sentiment, but the meaning behind right. it, right? Yeah. So I'm like a little hopeless romantic, like. I definitely need the acts of service. I'm definitely a, like, if you do the candlelight and the rose petals, like, oh, yeah. Have y'all done that for personality tests? Yes, I'm done yeah. too. I can't I remember mine. I can't remember, but I definitely want to, like, go back and um, see where I'm at. Because, again, I think that when you answer those questions, I think sometimes I was answering to based on what, I, what people wanted to hear. Oh, or wanted. yeah. But now they go back and be like, let me just answer this for real. Because, right. you know. So I can't wait to do that. That's going to have to be a topic. We're going to talk about personality traits and things like that. Because a lot of people talk about, you know, they're the alpha female. I don't know. What is, what is write that down for me. Like, what is that alpha female? Like, how are you? I don't like the terminology. I don't even know what that really particularly means. So let's, let's somebody break it down to me. I don't even know what it means. I know that people glorify it on social media as like, I'm an alpha female. I don't run in acts. You know, I can do everything on my own. This and the third, and I just think that's kind of corny because, well, what I don't like is that we have gotten to a point in our society, um, and I'm probably gonna get way too deep into this, but <laughs> I like the, um, you know, I have a problem with what the the liberation movement did for Black women and the Black mm-hmm. family. Um, I feel like it set us up to feel like we didn't need partners, to feel like we didn't need a man. And it created generations of women who were raised to be all things. So a, a lot of us don't know how to be led. Yep. A lot of us don't know what it's like to, like you know how you see all the needs now, it's like I'm ready for myself years, but like you should have always been in that space. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like we don't, and I mean, I, I even have to think back on like my own relationships and like somebody said to me, like, you never give me a chance to plan or do whatever. You know what I mean? And and it was like, dang, did I even give him a chance to lead? Do I even know what his leadership looks like? Because I always was like on it and wanting to do and wanting to be in control because I was raised partially by a single woman who was holding it down. 
then even though my grandmother was married, she had a lot of control in her relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was partially raised by my aunt, who was a single woman who worked, and everybody came to her because she was the savior of the family. And you know what I mean? And so it, it was hard to, even though that was supposed to look the same. I, I agree. I, and I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate that. I'm not going to say all, but majority of black women are raised by, were raised to be like ultra independent. Mm-hmm. That definitely generational, whether it was from what we saw or because that was what we were told from our, uh, our mother, or our grandmother. Like, I hate that because we, to your point, we don't know how to be soft. Mm-hmm. We don't know that the importance of being interdependent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know the importance of yeah. and i think we automatically kind of like go into these situations with our with our guards up anyway like yep. if if he gonna do this it's time to react like we're always mm-hmm. ready so like to your point it's like that he was like you don't give me a chance like we definitely don't even um introduce those opportunities because we're already ready for the bull you yep. know what i'm saying like, we like, go into it yeah like one wrong move i know i don't like one wrong move would turn up. We never like try to understand their reasoning behind it, or you know, they're thinking as you know, men or you know, whatever in a relationship. So that's super difficult. I think I like a little bit of balance. Like I can't have someone controlling me yes. per se, um, because I mean, leading for me doesn't equal controlling. Exactly. Like I think leading is like you know, understanding. Um, you know, your role, and we understand it together. What we can bring. You know, to our relationship, understanding um, our strengths, understanding our weaknesses. I think this is a whole bunch that goes into it. Um, but when you, fo- you focus on he's controlling me by, you know, his expectations or what he needs, then it just it doesn't work. So, yeah. yeah. Like, I listen to some of my, my married friends and, like, they'll talk about, like, things that are happening. And, like, my husband wants to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, I don't think that's a good idea, but they still let him be. Like, yep. though, you know what I mean? Like. And they give their opinion, they have the conversation. So I think, you know, it's twofold. I think that people have taken submission and turned it into something that it's not um, because they don't understand it biblically and they don't understand that submission to a certain extent is reserved for marriage, right? Absolutely. Um, Like you should, why would you be submitting to somebody who hasn't said in a covenant that I'm going to be your protector in all that ways, part, whatever. That part. Like, why am I submitting to you? Because we are not even at that level. Mm-hmm. So I hate the conversation around submission um, in the dating stage. That word is just. Yes. I'm only submitting to God until he, there's another headship over my 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 family unit or my life, which would then be my husband. That's another. That's another word we can add to the list. Like we have like boundaries, energy. Submission, right? And I feel like that's another one. But I was laughing when you said, um, like, when you're married, like, letting, like, I'll, like, if Steve says, like, you know, his idea, even in my mind, if I'm like, okay, because <laughs> you know, we already we know our spouse, like, we mm-hmm. already know how it's gonna turn out, which is terrible because, like, dang, what if it, you know, it turns out different? But I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna see what I do, roll with it. So when he proves me wrong, I'm like, dang, like, I shouldn't eat this. <laughs> like, I already knew this was gonna be a joke, and I was like, okay. But he, but you 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 provide that space for yeah. him to leave. I'm like, girl, you know how this gonna turn out. Like, you know, why do I do that? Every time I do that, it turns out different. Every time I go into it, like, okay, it blows me. So I was just like, so crazy. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's just I think we have 
we have gotten so used to playing house with people um, that these conversations come up in, in, in spaces that they shouldn't. Like, you should not be talking about submission with somebody who hasn't sat down and talked to a future and it leading to marriage, right? Yeah, like, if you haven't sat down with a man in your dating, he hasn't given you his intention, because at some point, the conversation of the intentionality about... Do we have to even call it submission? I think that word is just... I think people, I think people make that word more than what it is. It's exactly what it is. It means that you are going to let him lead and he is being led by God because God is over the household and right. your husband and then you and you over the children, right? If we go by the diagram and the umbrella and how it's supposed to be. Yeah, I saw on someone's page, um, she was saying submission doesn't mean you lose your voice. No, no. Submission doesn't mean you don't have an That's opinion. That's control. Exactly. But I mean, nobody ever wants to talk about the submission that men have to their wives. Okay. okay. I was just going to say that. Submission to, to your wife and, and any real man that's married and understands the relationship around submission will tell you. Yeah. I think true leadership, right? I, when we talk about men are supposed to lead, true leadership to me has nothing to do with, like, to your point, control. It has everything to do with how a man shows up in his everyday presence and him as a man and in him as a father, in him as a husband, right? And part of that component is leading by example, right? You want to the ultimate, we talk about it with kids, we talk about it in business leadership, you display the qualities that you want, whatever, whoever, whomever you're trying to lead to to um, adhere to, right? To, to develop in themselves. Right. As a husband and as a man, the, the, the most impactful way to meet I'm gonna speak for me. That you could ever leave me is to display it first. Display it first, mm -hmm. and I shall, and, and that'll inspire me to then follow suit. Mm -hmm. So if we talk about submission, if you want me to submit to you, it has to be a a, a, a flow of submission, make right? Me, make me believe. Yeah, but not even making me a believer, <clears throat> making me feel safe because submission safe. is if I if somebody nobody wants to be led by somebody that doesn't make them feel like they're safe to be led. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I feel like you're going to run me into the brick wall every time, then no, I'm not going to follow you because eventually my face will get broken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Are you considering me? Right. Or considering all things. Is this a conversation that, well, I know that we talked about dating a last time, but this is a conversation that you have initially with your whoever you're dating or no. when it starts to get serious, do you talk about submission? I think, you have that conversation I think, I think that well, one, I think we need to get out of the space of pressuring the conversation. Oh, my God, yeah. I hate Like, why? I should never even have to think about when the conversation is going to come up because a man that knows that he wants to do long-term with you is going to tell you that. Yeah. Right? You don't, you don't have to like, so much better, though. Like, I, and I, and I'm a, I am true to this. Like, what are we? Why? Why? He knows. <laughs> you know he knows. And he knows. Mm-hmm. So after any, all the dudes that I know that are married, it did not take that long. They do. Even if they broke up with the girl and they came back, they knew that that was the person. They know. So you don't have to ask. And it ain't going to take him five years to figure it out. It ain't going to take him 10. He knows. They know. They're not taking all that time. Secondly, to your point, a man that is intentional about his life is going to display it. It's going to be displayed in other areas of his life. Mm -hmm. So you're already going to know that he's not, it's going to display, like you're going to have a knowing of it when you're entering into um, 
when you're getting to know him, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's not just men. I've seen that men are super intentional with their life are not, uh, they're very clear on when they're getting to know a woman, right? They're either dating with intention or they're very straightforward and like, I'm just dating. Yeah. And I think men who are very intentional about what they want to do are also willing to change and shift and maneuver to, you know, be what their spouse or their potential spouse wants them to be. Not necessarily like changing them, but they love you enough or they're willing to, you know, kind of shape themselves to be what you need. I think that's a huge part of it as well. So we talked about um, like submission and him you know, submitting to his wife, I yeah. think that's a part of submitting to your wife, like understanding what she needs to feel safe, to feel secure. Mm -hmm. And if you can show me that you are willing to do that, sometimes it can, sometimes, you know, some dudes are out here fooling us and then they start to change, you know, when it's yeah. a little more serious, but. That's what we was talking about, the time frame. Yeah. A couple of lot of, I was a couple of lives, a couple of episodes ago about that vast people were in that time period. You know, that but a real man is gonna like do the real work. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. A man, yeah, a man that believes in the value of family, yeah, commitment, and sacrifice is gonna do the work. Yes, yeah. yeah. we always like relationships and like having these conversations. It seems like so difficult to like accomplish. Like it's so much pressure. Like it's it's so many like topics and big topics to or like rabbit holes to go down. It's like, why can this just be an easy thing? Like what what happened to like back in the day when our parents everything was organic? You just because I don't know. Like, it goes back I to like this I whole stuff this it's whole thing has been so much. It's a, it's a, so we're battling two things, right? We're battling a systemic intentional separation of the black family unit. True. Okay. People people back in the day understood how powerful it was for black families to have a man, a woman raising their children and so striving for economic growth, all of those things. And every time we've had it, they tried to destroy it. We go we could go down the rabbit hole of Tulsa. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We can go down the rabbit hole of black people and the marriage statistics back then and then when we introduced welfare and them saying you couldn't have a man in the house if you needed assistance. Hmm. You get what I'm saying? So they're not to say that it's all blaming right. all on that, but if you keep putting people in a box and you only tell them they could go these four corners, and those four corners are the worst four corners that you could be on, you gotta fight like hell to get something different. I just like sometimes we overcomplicate and overthink this whole idea of being in a relationship. Like we build so many expectations and all this stuff i think we're just overcomplicating it sometimes and i think that's how, sometimes how we like miss out but we lose because we're just like overthinking well now we have so many other influences too like you can get on the internet and somebody can tell you i'm into energy and i just go with whatever feels right that's i'm not single but i'll be looking at all the single girl pros and i just think that everybody is like Bouncing off of somebody else's singleness and like, you know what? You I mean, that's that's the way, baby. It's that's just like, like, oh my god. I mean, well, the whole notion of individuality to a certain extent is gone. Like, oh, yeah. I, I love doing my podcast because I'm in mental health profession. I like to talk about these topics that we're talking about right now. I like to have you know conversations and and hear other people's thoughts and things like that. So that's why I have a podcast, not because. 
I'm gonna get on there. I'm not gonna do a real dancing to a TikTok. I'm just not like unless I want to have fun. It's a really one that I really like. But even still, I might not ever post it. You know what I mean? Like I'm definitely not doing a reaction video like these videos where people are like reciting what somebody else said. Like what the fuck is that? <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is that? Like no shade if you do that. Like that's your business. Like I'm not hating. But like it's that was somebody else's content and it popped and it's like so now I'm gonna look at you. Watch the video and laugh in your car. Like, what the fuck? That is that is social it's media. Weird. It has become mimicking weird. something else. It's weird as hell to me. Like, I only post when I have something to say, or if I saw something and like intrigued me, or like whatever. Or if I just had like a, a well, moment. that's what I told you. That's the only way that I can like post and be authentic. Like, I gotta yeah. be like feeling mm -hmm. what I post, or like any of my posts, or any of my little short stories, or whatever. It's something that I'm going through or experiencing mm -hmm. right now. Like, I can't be out here just making up stuff or just, you know, putting whatever out there because I want people to hear me. Mm -hmm. Like, it truly has to feel authentic um, and a part of my growth and healing. So, I feel you. Like, I, I will do some things, but I just, I can't conform all the way to social media yet. Let me ask you this, um, being that we are heading into 40. Mm -hmm. um, how important is it? How how is how much is in the picture? The way they just fell out, y'all. Um, Tisa, how would you hit us like that? Well, we look good, girl. I mean, we look tired right now. The way we look right today. I mean, but we still look like you know, right? We look like we're from the up, but we looking like what we've been through this week. But like, okay. How important is uh, individuality to you personally at your age now? And I and think about it from a perspective of motherhood, being a black woman, being a wife, and work. Like how important for is me, it's extremely important. Um, like I need to feel like I I don't want to say it. I don't want to be tied to a specific label or you know, just because my wife or my mom, that's all I can do. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to, you know, follow my dream and follow my passions and do what I want to do and still feel supported by whoever I'm with, my friends or my family. So for me to be individual is how I function. If someone were to put me in a box or to, you know, um, expect me to not kind of like spread my wings, then I won't be able to, to function in that space. Um, I get bored easily, and it's very important for me to always, you know, continue to reinvent myself. Um, so I need a level of individuality just to feel sane. Yeah, like I need that piece of me. Like, right? because we're always being mom, we're always being wife, we're always working, we're always doing this. But if I don't have that like, outlet to just be myself and truly, you know, do what I want to do, I'm gonna be miserable. And what do you do? Um, what do you do to be intentional about maintaining that individuality and not getting lost in like the roles you play? Um, I don't know. I just, I just remind myself every week to, you know, focus on balance and focus on, you know, being intentional about what you want to do. Because you can be, you can easily be consumed. Oh, with managing. Like for me, I manage what six schedules for my kids. My yeah, my schedule, all their activities. Like you can become that can become your life. And uh, we just have to be intentional about this is not all that I'm capable of. Like, I need to give myself this percentage for me to be fulfilled. Because, again, like we talked about in another episode, like, when the kids are gone, 
Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Like your life has passed you by and then you'll be trying to live and do all these things that you could have been incorporating at the same time. So it's extremely, extremely. I mean, it's all <laughs> extremely. <laughs> it's extremely important. Yeah, yeah don't be like, don't be like them. It's extremely important to me, but. I need Pacific. It's Pacific. I need that black and fresh hair. I would feel like I'm suffocating Ooh. if I had to be tied to just the identity of wife, mom, you know, coworker. Like, no, I need, I need some hair. So, what about you, Sky? I think I'm. I think I'm getting back to like my individuality. Um, when I had my daughter, I was definitely consumed by overcompensating for like the loss of like the relationship. So like her dad not being there. And y'all please don't think that I'm trying to because I know some people listen and they know my daughter's father just you know was together or whatever. I'm not saying he's a Debbie, like he's around. He's around. I'm saying that we're not it is didn't happen how it planned. It, it was playing whatever the case may be. So like I felt myself feeling like I needed to overcompensate in my motherhood journey. So that was my identity for like three years. Mm -hmm. Um, So like this summer is like the first summer where I'm like, no, I got to choose my sanity um, first. And even just putting me first, like even to the point, you know what? Mother's Day came by this year and my father said, well, I didn't give you money because I need you to spend it on her. So I had to figure out something else because I wanted you to have something for yourself. Because wow. I know if I give you money for your birthday or for Christmas or whatever, you're going to go out and you're going to buy her whatever you feel like she's supposed to have. And I was like, dang. Okay, you awareness, dad. Trying, you ain't trying to give me no bread because I'm going to go spend all my money. <laughs> so, you know. And um, wood. Oh, and, and wood. <laughs> The end period. Wow. That's how I was raised. My mother always made sure I like. I remember when my mother turned thirty. She took me and all my friends in the limo ice skating for her birthday. Oh, because that's just how she was. Like I remember going to the mall with my friends, and they were with us, and we went in Foot Locker, and this was when Air Max ninety five just came out. She bought mine and both of my friends a pair, and then took us skating. Cause she was oh, like, I'm not gonna fall out on my daughter and while her friends sitting here. So she bought them some sneakers too. Like that's how my mother. That's who my mother was. Well, if you made that to Mackenzie, I could be her friend. And then <laughs> like if you would have buy me some, girl. I mean, yeah. definitely. So now I'm like getting into a space where it's like me having like my individual space and who I am and like rediscovering who I am now as like a single woman with a child versus who I was yeah. as a single. Because I'm not the same guy who was single didn't have a kid like yeah. listen if i have a kid right i probably wouldn't be here yeah you know, i feel like i'm right? playing or in my girl who's out there for her birthday right now yeah, whatever yeah. like i would just be probably wasting money and wasting time i, I mean i think i think it's a process too oh yeah to even like understand what being an individual i was just about to ask you know what what that process was because like. for me like 18 to like 30 my focus was just like, okay, I gotta like do all of this stuff to like, you know, keep this marriage going, or, like yeah. keep these kids going. Like, you don't even think about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like, okay, this is the life. It's not until you like go through something and then you like have to go to that self love, you know, experience all that trauma 
you but like the pandemic really like made it even worse y'all because it it put you in a space where you was like locked in with yourself and you had to look at all the ugliness about you and you had to feel every single feeling yeah like all the the ugliness (laughs) and it was like a double whammy for me because i had my daughter i had postpartum of course i knew how to answer all the questions at the doctor's office because i'm a therapist so i know exactly what to say so they don't ask me to go do x y and z or Mm -hmm. they don't put down on paper that she's struggling with depression whatever right judge me not <laughs> anyway, so I finally was getting out of it, you know, because we had turned like one. I was starting to kind of feel like myself. My body was starting to get back to, you know, what it was pre baby. And then we went into the pandemic. So it put me right back into like a state of depression because I was locked in a space with a baby all, all day, every day, and then expected to work because, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but like I work at a place where like they were super intentional about. We ain't doing no long break. We not doing a month all till we figure it out. They said on the 15th, they was closing schools on the 17th. On the 16th, all the kids came to school and got laptops. On the 17th, we was on virtual learning. Wow. And we had been nonstop at my school system. We just got mm-hmm. like, Yeah, wow. Like, they, my kids, they had no break, and they was doing eight-hour days. Like, it was crazy. Wow. So, you know, it was very structured. So it was kind of like... I found myself sitting in my car to get breaks at like 11 o'clock at night, like sitting in the car because I could talk on the phone loud and like just whatever because that was the only break I could get or mm-hmm. wanting to go to the Target, even though at that point of the pandemic, it was like, you don't even want to be here. Yeah, because right? we didn't know if it, it was, I don't even know if we was having to wear masks in the early, early mm-hmm. part of the pandemic. I don't even know if it, yeah, it was, it was super scary. Um, the yeah. The order your groceries. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Instacart. Yeah. Yeah, Instacart probably made a billion dollars in 2020. Mm-hmm. I can say that when I first started to, you know, spread my wings and fly and like just understand what I was meant to be, like in the beginning, I felt guilty because mm-hmm. I felt like I'm like, okay, yes, I want to be an individual. Yes, I want to do all these things, but like, am I, is it a bad thing? Like, Am I leaving my family? Am I like not as focused? But that quickly. I mean, my guilt is real. Like hell, I feel guilty right now. Like I saw McKinley this morning at like eight, mm-hmm. whatever time it is. Now I haven't been home. She's with her grandparents a lot, like twice a week, because I'm either working or I'm trying to build this up. You know, yeah. whatever the case may be. So yeah, yeah, you feel guilty in I'm the like, beginning. Like, when are you leaving? When are you, going, when are you leaving again? Like, why are you still here? Like, if I'm home, like at night. You don't have nothing to do, so they're just like over. So I'm thinking, like, I'm, I'm feeling guilty. not Aiden, but I'm feeling guilty for doing whatever. And they're like, "Why are you here?" The older they get, like, you like, know what I discovered, and I don't even know how to reframe this in our heads, right? I, I don't even know how to reframe this in our head, but our children see us so differently than the way we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. I know because I was like, I, like for me, I always felt bad that I wasn't there as I should have been with my oldest daughter in the first year of college because I was hella young. My mom was like, you have no choice but to graduate. And I'm walking around carrying all this guilt and just all this emotion. And she's just like, I don't even remember. Like, she doesn't even remember me as a big girl. Yeah. But I'm like, that's great. And I didn't just wait until she was like, maybe like five. And she was like, this is where I am. I'm like, oh, all that stuff that I'm like carrying around, you only just she don't even remember. Mm-hmm. She has more, you know, trauma and memories of like who I am, you know, now as you know, growing up versus when, you know, she's a baby. But I have all the guilt for when she was first born, and she was like, well, "What are you talking about? What? I wonder if dads. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a man, so I can't speak on it. But 
I'm not saying I'm a, I'm gonna make an assumption and I could be wrong, but there's nothing like mom guilt. No, I just I think our bond is completely different yeah. to our children. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I just I, I don't think that a man can ever understand. Um, of course they could never understand what it's like to be a mom, but they could never understand the um attachment yeah, yeah. the attachment they do it intentional yeah no, like, 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 like steve is the type of person he's like everything's gonna work out how i'm supposed to work out and then we're, <laughs> we're, we just leave it at that everything is not gonna work out dude, we gotta do something like he's playing like we need to talk about something he's like it was meant to be it's meant to be you know what i'm saying it's my time it's my time oh, you know that, that drives me crazy because i'm like no 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 <laughs> what are we doing to prevent this right. like, what are we doing like i can't stand it so and it's just like genuinely who he is. It doesn't have that he's being like rude or not like, you know, feeling overwhelmed like me. It's just like he's just like, what what why am I gonna worry about something that I don't have no control over? Like it's what it's gonna be. I cannot think like that. I'm panicking. Okay. <laughs> it's just not working. Oh, I don't know. Well, some don't people know. might some men might intentionally do it, but I think they don't even think like that, think like that, so it doesn't hit them the same. Like, like that, that that rush. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go deep with this. Not deep, but I'm gonna take it back to I'm gonna take it back to to biblical of how we're built. And that 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 thing inside of us that's different. Something that resonates with you when you or just come up with it. When I think about the Proverbs 31 woman and you and you read all the stuff she was doing, you think that came because she had the mentality like, no, I think it really came from, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta make sure this, I gotta make sure that. Like, she literally did everything. Yeah. If you read that, if you read the, the, the um, chapter. But that's why I don't understand why people get so confused about the expectation of being a, a partner to a man. Hmm. What do you mean? Everybody wants to quote, I'm a Proverbs 31 woman, but don't nobody want to do all the damn work. Yeah, no, she did all that. But I, I think it's a mindset because some of them are myself, it's just like a natural thing. Like I'm not, some of them are doing all this work to, you know, be in the relationship or to, you know, continue to prove. So I think that's when it becomes like. But that's why I appreciate preachers who break it down and say a man that finds a wife, she was already that. Right. Yeah. You didn't have to build a bear, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever to, to get that. Like it's, it's already in some people. Do you think some men try to break that down though? Like when they see like their spouse or their significant other like doing so much, do you think they're like offended by them? Or do you think it's I like, depend on what this it depends on what the so much is, right? Okay. Um because when we talk about Proverbs study, when she was uh, like a home she was a homemaker. She made a home. Right? But we're not talking about the boss bitch who got five businesses and you know, she flaunting her G Wagon that's under her business. Like we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that because if we talk about I'm talking about both. I know some men who are just like I don't you you're doing too much work. They they want their like spouse to like just go out, go do something. Like they don't like that whole like you're just living to make a house a home. Like it's just Well no, I'm not saying that's all she was. I'm just saying that that's like a that's a natural thing. Like perfect example, when we walk in here, it's a home, right? Yeah. It's all being here. Not like that. Now. It's gonna be one. But I'm saying like we're in here, it feels like a home. It's nothing about it. Is she's never like let me clean up for y'all. It's never none of that. It's already that, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's her. 
not because she's dating this guy and she got to put on and whatever the case may be. It's certain things that are already about Tisa that is just Tisa. So do do I feel like I feel like only only a man that isn't securing himself would try to break down a woman who has established her space. Yep, I, that's what I was gonna say. Insecurities. I, I was gonna say yes, and then it would be because of insecurity. It wouldn't be because yep. You know what I mean? And and all, you know, I've heard like I said in the last episode, like men saying like if I I don't want you to be like a provider because that is their role. But that is us not knowing how to let them lead, right? That is us not knowing how to bask in our softness. What does that mean to you, um, like a man being a provider for you? Good question. Um, to remain nameless, uh, <laughs> I was very spoiled in my early years relationship-wise as far as what a provider looked like. Uh, I dated a guy who made sure I didn't want for nothing. Was he top notch? No. Was he doing things that were inappropriate? Yes. But when it came down to me physically needing, especially like me being monetary or like where I was living, like none of that was an issue. Was I needing him to be in a, a different space for me emotionally? Yes. But for the most part, at that age, for what he knew providing was, he was a provider. And I got very spoiled in that very early. Like I'm talking about being 19 years old, taking me to the store, getting everything I need for my dorm room, taking me by the bank, putting money in my ATM on an ATM card, handing me money in my hand, having making sure that if I need to go somewhere, I can use this car, making sure that if I needed something and I couldn't go get it, he went and got it and brought it to me. That type of stuff. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. What about Jesus? Um, what does a provider look like? But that was the old me. Now, the new me is a provider. I'm going to feel safe. Meaning that I have no doubt in my mind that when you're out, you are representing us as a human. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. There's never going to be a woman calling me Talking about this Cheryl, you know, there's no uh, none of that. Like he makes decisions that will be beneficial for the household. He, you know, works and he, you know, makes sure that things are taken care of. Period. Like I'm not, I don't ever have to worry. That's it. That's all. That's what it is for me now. Like I feel safe. Like I know when I I don't even have to ask him why are you doing that. That's what we doing. We doing that on the portfolio. Okay, fine. That's why I need to put my money at this week. Okay, fine. It's gonna do this later. Okay, great. I think so partner driven. I don't know. I just I've never had that mindset of like I need a, I need a provider and you know I never like put that on me of like my relationships. I'm always like going into it 50 50. Um and I do some in some instances I do have a problem with, you know, giving up control and like, you know, not trusting that stuff will get done, but more so trusting that it'll get done my way and that's on me. Mm-hmm. That's that's I have to work on that. Um but I've never been someone to harp on, you know, um 
providing or whatever. It's just like, as long as we do it together and let's get it done, I'm good. I don't need that. So if you had to define what a provider is to you, what does that mean to you? Or is it not something you even think about in the process of, oh, we're doing things together. We're getting things done, we're on the same page. You know, everything's moving in the house. Everything's fine. Everything's cool. I don't have, I don't have like an expectation of like, you know, with a provider, you have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like, no, like, let's just communicate and like make it work, make it happen. I've never been, I've never put that on anyone, put that like into play. Like, this is awkward. I mean, that's a definition for me. That's a partnership, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that that's, that's even a standard that I uphold and like when I go into a relationship, you gotta do how you do. Like, no, I'm just saying that I had the privilege of knowing what that looks like yeah. early. Or at least the the, the unseasoned version of what that looks like, because it was definitely not fully to like the capacity of what it should be at like thirty eight, right? Yeah, I'm I'm also more like, I guess I don't look at the, the dynamics of of all those dynamics in a relationship because I'm worried about like, you know, um, am I being loved? Like, or am I am I feeling you know appreciated? Things like those are things that I put focus on. Those are things that I desire in a relationship, like providing all that, like. I guess I might have that, like certain woman syndrome where like I could I could do something like I could pay my own bills I could do this but I need you to like you know feed me with like affection and with love like that's provide mm-hmm. like I need that type of stability like, all the money all the all that other stuff I don't care so I so for me I I'm resonate with both of y'all said um, when I think about the word provide to me I hear the word to cover. Um, and to provide for me means a man covers his family, right? And in the context of uh, the role of a man and a woman, the way I see it is a man brings home the seed that the woman waters and turns into something, whether that be financially, whether that be um, in ideas, whether that be um, in love, whether that be in support, whatever. Um, a man covers um, in multiple things. I don't think that you just provide financially. I think mm-hmm. you provide so many other areas mm-hmm. and a woman receives that and she turns it and she makes it a blossom for the family. Um, that's so the whole book. Just, I mean, that's the whole like... <laughs> um, <laughs> right, and that's why I said and that's why I said that it wasn't it wasn't the version of what it should be like in a, like an adult, right? Because mm-hmm. we were kids then, right? So he did what he thought he was supposed to do at that time. But what I'm saying is, is that based on relationships that I've had after that, I didn't have anybody close to that. Mm-hmm. Even not even like, even the emotional coverage, like none of that stuff mm-hmm. was being covered. You know what I mean? So that's the, that was the only experience I had of somebody feeling like a pro- provider in yeah. a sense of like, things are taken care yeah. of. I'm not saying that, of course I had, a, I had my own job, I could work. And it just was something that he felt like he wanted to do because we were in a relationship yeah um so he wanted to make sure i was good all the time and i probably would battle that i would probably let him be that like <laughs> you know what I mean? but now i need like she said like and that's why i said when you go out the house you represent the family mm-hmm. right like you there's not a question about what your intentions are what you what your goals are and what you're supposed to be working for etc the 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 advancement of your entire family yeah my thing is like you can do whatever with me like you whatever, as long as you, like, can, as long as I feel like you're going to be amazing with my kids, and as long as you're like a good father, like, I can, that's one thing I can never take away 
no matter what my marriage goes through or no matter what, you know, problems may arise, like Steve is like the best always in my case. Like yeah. better than me. Because I'm he's like the the mom, but he's more like, you know, hands on. I'm more like the disciplinary, like yeah, yeah. You know, but, he's, <laughs> but he's such a good dad. And I'm just like, I I need that because that I'm not that like touchy feely, just you know, happy go lucky parent. And he just balances us out because if not, I think my kids are like Everybody hate because I'm always just like woman, like if you get this done, like you gotta do this. But Steve's more like, hey, like how's your day? Yeah. He covers you on the other side. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be losing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm walking door, like, y'all, why are you playing with them? They didn't clean the room. Like, why are you walking here having a conversation with your kids? And they didn't do what I told them to do when I had. <laughs> But I'm like, they probably need that because they're probably like, here yeah, she goes, you want to be yeah. together, let me hang out with my dad. So I'm so grateful. Like, if anything, we parent so well together. Mm. And that is just like, I think that's like a real, that's our seed. Like, that keeps us like going. So when I think about Jaden's dad, um, we're not married, but just the things that I love, the thing I love about him most as a dad is that he is a dad. Right. He shows up. Like, he is ultimately present. For his child, if it's it don't matter what he got going on. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes he has to go to parties and celebrate for and stuff like that. But he's not the type of parent that's about to be like, no, I'm not getting my kid this weekend. Like, it's anytime he got free time, he's with his kids. He's always been like that. Um, his kids are the most important thing in his life, and he is definitely affectionate, affectionate father. I I remember dating men. I remember dating a man in particular. I'm not gonna say his name. Uh, but he, I remember him saying to me before I had a I remember him saying to me when Daniel was young, Daniel 17, Daniel was like six at the time, maybe five. No, he was five because this is before I dated Jay's dad. He said to me, um, when are you going to stop buying uh, character clothing for your child? Daniel. And I'm like, what you mean? He's like, like the Spider-Man stuff and the Transformers stuff. That's not cool. And I'm like, what you mean? Like, why I gotta be cool? Why is there a certain age? And then we had on they had a discussion of why he doesn't kiss his son and all this other stuff. And after that conversation, I never talked to him again because I don't believe in that toxic uh parenting, the whole uh I don't even know what you call it, but the men who believe in one, my son gotta be cool. He gotta look a certain. He gotta look the way I want him to look, dress how I want him to look, talk how I want him to look, in order to meet my expectation of cool. And two, I can't be affectionate with him because he's a boy. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm super grateful. Yeah, I'm I appreciate Jaden's dad for being the father he is because he's he's probably more affectionate than me. Um, and that's that's saying a lot because I'm super. Affectionate. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I. I, do, I don't like the fact that he tells Jaden that he's not supposed to cry and stuff like that. I, I do got to work through that still. And I tell, I do, I tell Jaden where it comes from and I break it down. Jaden's yeah. right. I'm like, listen, your dad was raised in a time where he was told boys weren't supposed to cry. This is why they said that. You express your emotion. Like we talk about. Is he, I, I, I think I'm um, contradicting myself because like if somebody else tells my son, like, you know, stop that crying, I'd be like, wow, why can't he show his emotions? But if I say stop that crying, Stop that crying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I get where it's coming from because I have, I'm not going to say I've never said it before, but when I mm -hmm. recognize what I'm really trying to convey, I'm really trying to teach my kids right. to um, understand the appropriate response 
to because children do need to learn how to manage their emotions, mm-hmm. right? That's yes. very important. Yes. I think that's our job to teach them that. So I learned how to change my verbiage because I didn't want him to hear that, to change mm-hmm. my verbiage and to let's talk about the appropriate way to manage what you're feeling at the moment. Yeah, but I told you Aiden was confused. He's like, Mom, like you told me like at one edge, I'm like, I'm gonna come on that field to be attacked, but he's like, but now you're gonna go harder because I'm like, run faster, I'm like get aggressive. So I was just like, but I'm confused. But I'm like, I don't know that I can do that. <laughs> but then one thing you said that like hit me is like, okay, see, well, he covers you on this end. I'm like, that's a good way to think about it because I cover us in like, there's no way, like, and Steve will admit it, like, I'm, I can't manage all of our schedules. Like, yeah. you know, the doctor's appointments, the, you know. Y'all life, are you serious? The, like, he's like, oh my God. So literally, I will send him, like, this, this is what we got going on this week. Like, this is what the case has going on. He's like, I, I can't manage that. So yeah. I guess it, we balance each other out because he would lose his mind if he had to manage all of us. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, what? just got to remember, little kids, everything with them is very little. So mm-hmm. if you yeah. say it, they literally take it how they understand it literally that way. So like, yeah, he was confused. Because you literally just yes. said you was gonna come save him. Come like that. That. And you didn't save him. I didn't realize it because I was like, yes. I didn't think he was like holding on to that. Like yes, they again oh I was saying one more time, we have to give kids more credit than we do. Mm-hmm. They understand a lot more, or at least to their capacity they understand. My yeah. son is, my son is ridiculous smart. So he's like, Mom, but you just said and they oh, remember. I was just, I was said it literally. I was saying it for real, but he's like, "No, you said it for real." I should know. But in my so mind, to like, the parents that say wild shit to their kids, yeah, mm. like my aunt. First of all, y'all, I went to visit my aunt in Philly, right? <laughs> and she was so mad because a lady at the store told her kids, "I will fuck you. I'm gonna fuck you up." Over like them just. Being kids and being in the store and not, you know, whatever. Oh, they were talking to each other. The kids were talking to no, each other. No, the mother was saying that to the kids. Oh, my aunt was like, oh. I want to turn her ass up. I thought the fuck you up. Oh, <laughs> you know, like, I don't like that. You know, so that. like, it, but people don't think about your child's going to remember that. Yes. Yeah. Like, you was that mad that you, you came at them like they were somebody on the street. A whole adult? Like, yeah. what? I'm yeah. a, that's why I always I say, never say to me, Penny, I'm a. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't intentionally try to insinuate that. I do have a lot of angry moments where it gets turned up, it gets real. But I always try to go in it, you know, being in therapy. I'm like, okay, um, this is the level that I'm at. This is the second time that I'm asking you to do something. I would appreciate it before I get to that next level if you would do it. Now, usually the old me would have been like, I'm gonna kill you, but we can do this. But after I give you my like calm therapy speech and you continue to aggravate me i don't know what might what might happen so they probably want me to be on somebody's couch when they get older because it's been times where we gonna it's gonna be a problem we're all our, our kids regardless of how <laughs> intentional we are as being kids our kids are going to have something mm-hmm. to say about us as parents oh, i'm gonna let go of that like yeah for sure that's why my mom and she's like you had a great life but you just it's just things that stick with you so i know my kids are gonna have you know, things that stick with me, especially from like the old damage me. Mm-hmm. Like I know they got a whole bunch of memories because I have the same memories and sometimes not just yeah. because of how reckless I was. Yeah. But I know they've seen a lot of parts of me that are damaging. And that's something I have to like, you know, swallow. Like, I know that you're going to need, you know, that help. I can apologize now for it, but um, I know they're going to probably be talking about like my mother was this and the, but it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. 
You so, know what I, what I do love the beauty of, though, to that? That I think somebody had to tell me. I don't think I thought about it on my own. I think somebody brought this awareness to me. Um, being authentic with, like, not trying to display that you're something that you're not with your kids. Like, letting them see your whole mess meaning. Mm -hmm. letting, them, letting them see your growth process. Like, if you have an emotional person, like, apologize when you know you're wrong. Like, if they see that you have a bad character that you're trying to work, that you're trying to work, you tell them you're struggling and tell them why you're struggling. And then they, you know, when they see that you've overcome it, like, that's teaching them more, right? Yeah. Then, oh, my kids have definitely told somebody in their mom's story in the cycle of where she was. Yeah, yeah. We have stories for days. Um, especially my oldest daughter. Um, so I know that they can, you know, see my progress. But like I said, like always, that like one thing that they're never gonna let go. Oh, for sure. um, girl. I, mean, I just I feel like we need to. I mean, you work with kids just all the time, all day, like, and it's all because people are willing to humble themselves and treat their children like an equal yeah. to a certain extent, like. No, they are not the same on the same level, right? But they, they're still human. They still have the right to an explanation. Yep. They still, you know what I mean? Like, we got to get out of this space where it's like, I'm not, you not, I'm not, yo, I'm not, I'm not, yo. Oh, because of this, because I said so. Or you're not even being in a, you're not even acting like an adult, huh. right? Like, the kids at three will check me like, honey, you're yelling. Mm -hmm. And I have to explain to her, I'm sorry for yelling, but I asked you four times before that, and I wasn't yelling. That is so real. You went more than five times. Like, this I'm crazy. sorry, mommy. You know what I mean? And she had to think about it like, she probably did. She did ask me like five times. Mm -hmm. She's not doing that. And I just straight ignored her. But what about those millennial parents that were like raised a certain way? Like, this, this is my house. This is how I run my house. And if you don't fit it's in, hard, with it, it's hard to not fall into that trap. Yeah, that's it. Is it? Is the new age thing like are you telling those type of parents that they are wrong for you know requiring a certain type of respect in a level of you know understanding of this is mine and if I you don't want to run it, no, I, don't think, I don't think anything is wrong i think that you have to be open to trying something different because if what you're doing isn't working yeah. then what is the point point? and i would ask them to look at where they learn the definition of respect from if you if you think that your your child is disrespecting you because they ask you why, if you think your child is disrespecting you because they want to close their door, if you think your child is disrespecting you because you know they say, "Well, I, no, I don't like this," then I'm gonna ask you, where does that? Where does your expectation of respect come from? Yeah, I don't want my kids. I close the door because I don't even want you to. So that that's even like like perfect example. I know people right now who. Have children who are straight A kids, never did nothing for real, for real, and they monitor their phones, they read their messages. Like it's super intrusive, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it's like to a certain extent, your child could get some privacy. You wanted privacy. We we had privacy because they couldn't clock us like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't even understand the mindset of a millennial parent who does that because unless your child has now, if your child has given you all the reasons. By all means, monitor their shit because they there are children out here who are into things, and you gotta watch and you gotta be vigilant. I get that, but if you have a child who has not given you a reason to be snooping and going through their stuff, why are you doing it? Just because you can, because you pay for it. And I think it's like in the beginning, it's like a nervous factor. Like when I remember when Ari first got like Instagram, I was like, I'm I'm signed into your account. 
Like, I probably respond to something, like, just being me, not being, like, malicious, but, like, hey, this Ari mom, or, like, you know, her Snapchat, whatever. <laughs> but I think it was just, like, a caution, like, oh, my God, like, this is a newfound freedom to her. Like, do I, I feel like I have, do I have to monitor her? Like, it wasn't, she didn't. But you can monitor in a way that it feels like it's a partnership, right? Yes. yes. You can always be like, hey, randomly, go get your phone. Yeah, but it only took me, it took me a like, And I see it. I got you see your phone. Yeah, yeah, I got used to that. I don't do it anymore. And now with Alea, I'm more lenient because I'm like, okay, so I understand what Ari did. I'm giving you this chance to do whatever. So mm-hmm. now I'm more like, don't, I follow you on TikTok. If I see something crazy, you know, we're going to take it down. But I don't stalk them like I used to. No, like, I think there's ways to monitor in a way where it doesn't seem snoopy and intrusive and where your child doesn't trust you. Because here's the thing. As a, as a person who works with adolescents mostly, once you break that trust, they are going to do things and talk to people and never tell you anything. Yep. There are so many things that I work with, their parents don't even, even know that. They don't even know that. Mm-hmm. Literally, I have kids come to my office and be like, I'd rather tell you than come to my office. Because there is something to break the trust factor early on in the relationship when it wasn't even necessary. It wasn't even, it wasn't even warranted. When you do it when it's not warranted, you're telling them that you don't trust them anyway, so why should I even tell you anything? Because you're not going to believe me. You already told me that you don't believe me, et cetera. That's how their mind works. And I think, so I can resonate with that with Daniel. Like, I think I'm, I've grown, my, my, my growth as a parent has been so transformative in these 17 years. But like, um, Daniel has seen me at the beginning of like, even before I started my healing journey to where I am now. So like, I think his experience of me is like, you know, being overreactive and responding in a way that would make him be like, I don't want to tell my mom something because she, especially because we're so different, right? Mm-hmm. Like Jaden, for example, if Jaden comes home and be like, well, somebody try to fight me and I get angry and he see me turned up, Jaden likes that type of energy. He's not like, but Daniel will be like, he doesn't, that's not how he is or would like to respond. And me not understanding um, that when I was a younger parent, that made him, of course, not want to talk to me about certain things. It's like, you're going to overreact, right? And I get that. I totally understand that. So I've, I've been trying to like, work on being more open to, especially when we got into like the middle school years and we had to start talking about sex and stuff like that. I've tried to just be, maintain a very neutral state in conversations with no judgment because you want like, the only way to continue to get to know your child if they change and they get older is like to listen to them and don't react. Like, <laughs> like I'm so close to dad because I know you're gonna do too much. Yeah. Because I'm going to react all the emotion. Like, I'm never, so even when I'm telling the story back, you won't feel all the emotion because I don't know how to, like, not, well, you know, me or me. She's like, you're going to do too much. Like, I'm so talk to dad. And then Wait, Steve will come and tell me what, what's going on. Can we get it into talking to your kid about sex? Oh, that's um, can we get into mm-hmm. talking about, to your kid about sex? Now, my child is not at that age, but I work with that age group, so we have a lot of talks about sex, probably more than I would like to know, honestly. Okay, working with teenagers, yeah. Hey, God damn it, 
I should be a lesson with it too because I'm not. Let I'm me not tell y'all like, something. The the shit that these kids doing. Yep. Oh, my grown ass has not, will not engage. Y'all know how old um my son was when I started talking about sex with him? He was in elementary school. You had to. And I'm and I'm talking about my oldest who is super introverted. Like you would never think that if you know him, you would never think like why that's way too soon he's not into that he's not thinking about all that but i'm gonna tell you what happened i happened to be yeah I, I think it was maybe i don't know if it was a phone a tablet i don't think he had an ipad um in sixth grade i'm sorry it was sixth grade it was sixth grade not not elementary sixth grade um it was some type of electronic he had and i was doing those check-ins because i'm that type of parent that was like if my not that I, my, I thought my son was gonna blow up the school or something but I gotta at least know what's going on. So we do have that open door policy that's like, hey, you get a phone, but I will be doing check-ins and stuff like that, right? And I saw that he was looking up something about boobs on YouTube, right? <laughs> something real light, something real light. But because I saw that he was, if he's obviously looking at it, he he's they're talking about it, which means I need to then have a conversation with him because what I don't want him to learn about is sex from his peers. Okay. Because they don't know nothing, right? And I and I know as I'm having that conversation because I'm asking, has your dad talked to you about this? So when he was in sixth grade, which means he was 12, 11, 12, 12. yeah. We had the conversation and I sat down and I was like, okay, well, I asked him, what makes you want to look at things like this? Mm -hmm. And I let him answer, right? And I was like, so do you want to know? Would you like to know about it? And I think it was something about like erection or something like that. I was like, do you want to know about it? He was like, sure. And and I, I say this because I'm a type of parent that is I in my mind when I was raising the damn he was gonna be raising the bubble. He wasn't gonna learn about sex so he was <laughs> especially because he didn't display the type of he didn't act like the type of kid that wanted to know that. Um so I had I had the conversation with him about like your body's gonna start changing and you're gonna start looking at women differently. He cried at that he cried after our conversation because he was like, um, he couldn't comprehend in his mind at the time. And I kept it at an appropriate age, yeah. level, right? But in his mind, he couldn't comprehend that one day. He, what he said, I said, well, why are you emotional? He said, I don't want to look at my friends differently. I was like, oh, you know, and I see them through that or whatever. But it literally, when he was a sister, he was like, oh, as well. And then the conversations just got more educational and more intense as he got older but i don't talk about getting about sex and starting when he's like 11. i don't i don't i don't i don't i don't have those teeth let's talk about sex you ever talk about your kids about masturbation or anything um ari is a very introverted um child as well yeah she if i'm like are you anything like right and you like she's like mom i haven't even you know did this or i haven't even done that so she's just like we don't have the conversation she's just like i'm not into that, but then the other side of me is like, girl, like, what do you, who are you with friends, or you know, who are you, whatever. But she'll talk to her dad more about that stuff than me. Wow, as and a I guess, wow. I guess because I'm so overreactive. Yeah. But I'm like, bro, I, you know, like, so I need to work on that. But I'm really, I'm sorry, like, I do, I, I do not get offended if my kids want to talk to their dad about something because I know me. So and he he'll relate it back to me in a more calm, you know, manner. Because I'll relate to him in a church. All right, let me tell you what you're going to do. 
it don't even be on it. Right. Yeah, no, I talked about I talked to them so about that everything. Like we didn't we didn't talk about my business I might gotta I might gotta do a little digging and trying to, you know, see what she understands about us. So I probably will have a conversation. She's going to seventh grade. Um, oh, yeah, so I probably will. She's a way, I mean, she's Nikita Chelsea. <laughs> she's her mom. Like, she's a way different child. Um, Ari was very mature. At like seven years old, she was like a grown woman. Like, I don't I don't know if that just, you know, came from us having her young, but she was way more mature. So, Alea, we're going to have to talk about some of that. You're always missing the Martins because they're doing it in the bathroom. Let's know they're not. No, she's right. If my son, who are technically, what do they say, mentally too? boys are two years younger than than uh, girls if my son who's super introverted and to himself and all that other stuff and was like still watching yeah. like whatever at in sixth grade if in sixth grade he was looking at stuff stuff up on youtube that means your daughter at fourth grade was looking at it and i just he wanted to like come to me and say and you know they're not going to come to you and they're not going to come to you but they definitely are had the conversations with their peers. Yep. They definitely are. I'm gonna go um, home and ask them. Like you don't know the amount of times we catch people in bathrooms. Yes. Whether it's all girls in the stall as yep. early as the sixth grade. They are. If my daughter went to your school and you call her Donnell, would you call me? Would I be a breach of you? If you don't call me, I'm gonna be in the front row. <laughs> Like, would you call That's a good like, question. It's not a breach of life. Would you say, Nikki, the, your, your daughters? No. It, so here's the thing. If they get caught on school grounds doing inappropriate things, it is not a call to their parents. Yeah. Um, now, if I have a conversation with her in a session form and she tells me something, then no, I don't have to tell you. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? I, I like, literally don't have to tell you a thing. Like, if oh. she didn't get caught doing anything, yeah. yeah. Even, if she, even if she did get caught... I don't make that call. That's a disciplinary call. I, I guess I, I guess I would do processing and behavior management. So I would talk to her on the back end of why that's not appropriate. Is she? She's like, I don't have to call your mother and say, "Hey, I talked to your kid about X, Y, and Z today." It's absolutely not. We'll threaten her a little bit. Like, I know your mother. Yeah. <laughs> and do you want to tell me something a little bit? Yeah. No. I, 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 I'm a. <laughs> Uh, listen, I believe in that. Like, talk to your kids yeah. about sex, mm-hmm. even when you time. when you think that they're not ready. It means they already started having a conversation. Whatever you telling them yourself in your body, they're not ready. They already started having. A conversation. Let me tell you something. If we can have as early as coming into ninth grade having a child, ooh, that's one thing. Seventh grade, you a little late, sis. And, and unfortunately, that's just the honesty I truth. I think about when I was in middle school, it was people when I was in middle school having sex. It was people in middle school, yeah, it was humping when I was in private school. I went to private school, and my private school, some of my private school friends was not mm-hmm. virgin. Because we took, I had the same eight people in my class from kindergarten to eighth grade. My yeah. parents were pumping us out. A mess. So we were just so sheltered. When I got to the hand, I was like, oh, y'all are reckless over here smoking yeah. in the bathroom. And I was really smoking in the bathroom. It's like a whole. Cigarette on my plate. It's crazy. I never even like thought people would have the audacity or the guts to do yeah, it. I was like, I'm a whole session outside of people because I went an hour like a few months and I drank that a whole session outside of pieces just lost out of the whole spot at lunch and people used to just
I, I definitely encourage parents to um, educate yourself on because just as you have sex right now, doesn't mean you're educated on it. That's true. In the form where you can have the conversation with your child. And I know people are like, "What? How do I not get?" No, like you really need to know, like talking points. They have That's all true. kinds of resources on the internet available for you to start that conversation. Um, now you have to have a conversation. It's not like now, but like more so than before, you have to have a conversation about sexuality and um, preference and. You know, are they binary? Are they fluid? Are they bisexual? Like all of those things. Like those are things now. So you gotta be. You. I don't want people to be shocked because they haven't looked it up and their kids said, "Well, I'm non-binary." And now they're like, "What the fuck?" Now I can say my, my kids are very stickler about. I mean, they every time I make a mistake or if you know, like I can go to one of their activities and someone could have changed their pronouns. Like, I don't know, you know, and I'll say, you know, oh shit, you're like mom. You're so disrespectful. You're so rude. It's they. I have no idea, but they're so passionate about it, and they're so like you have to be respectful. But sometimes I don't even know that I'm being disrespectful because I don't know. And that's why I'm saying that before parents go out and just really, really have these conversations because you don't want to make it a traumatizing event, right? You want it to be a space where they feel safe and they feel comfortable in talking to you. I don't care what they say, you not show the shock guys. Yeah. Because they gonna say some shit that's gonna fuck you up. Let me text Steven and tell him to talk to a lady about this. Cause I don't know. No, seriously, like, like I'm telling you, and I don't know what it is about this generation, but the hotel party scared the shit out of me. The DC babies is having hotel parties. Oh my god. Somebody who ran them up. Do y'all remember the little birthday parties where the parents say they take a little no, 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 Play little games. So here's the thing about uh, high school and middle school. And it gets murky in those grades because you have special education laws. You have um, the ability for people with late birthdays. So if you stay back once or twice, you might be in middle school with somebody else. True. Yeah. Right? So when I tell you to high school, before y'all even get out of 10th grade, they might be 18. And as old as 21 or 22, still in high school. So these people are able to go and do things that normally you wouldn't have access to. Like when we were young, we didn't have access to none of that shit. It was rare to be in school with somebody who was 18 at the beginning of 12th grade. You know what I mean? Like everybody kind of matriculated into 18, but like to be 18, starting off. Most of us graduated at 17. Right. Yeah. So it was a few late birthdays, whatever, right? That few little small pockets. Now you got the kids who stayed back and no child left behind, all of those things. So, and then the requirements of these people, they just rent hotels now. Like, you get a hotel. Remember back in the day, you had to have a credit card, you had to get yeah, They weren't even trying to, even in college, it was hard to get rooms for like spring break. Think about college, like how hard it was. You had to know. It was senior week. We had to like our parents had to do all this stuff to even get us a place for no, senior week. No, these kids just getting rooms. They are getting rooms because they're eighteen and nineteen and twenty years old. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And then they just doing wild stuff. God. Uh. Literally. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't, I don't know. Want to y'all don't, it would make me hyperventilate. No, y'all don't. Y'all don't, don't even know half the stuff like, that that I have to sit through in my office. No, yeah, no, not at it. It's disturbing. I remember <laughs> the, not that. Well, this is kind of 
makes me think about what Daniel said to me, <laughs> right? Like, talk about balance. He said to me one day, we was having an a argument, um, not even a conversation, argument. Um, and he told me he didn't felt he didn't feel like I appreciated the type of son that I had. Um, and I think it stemmed from him feeling like he needed a little bit more leeway and me not saying things as much as I do. Um, and him comparing me. Okay, so this is a real thing. I'm I'm gonna say it. Okay, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> White parents parent differently than black parents, okay? Yeah, yeah that's a real thing. All right, that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for my son, okay, I'm going to say unfortunately, <laughs> majority of his friends are not African-American, okay. and he doesn't have a lot of reference points um, in terms of our parenting and what that looks like, right? A lot of his so a lot of the people that he hangs out with, their parents are white and their parent, their parenting is completely different than mine. So he would be like, well, so-and-so is allowed to do this and so-and-so is allowed to do that. And it makes sense though why he thinks I'm so overreact or, or why I'm so extra because I think black people in general are, um, we are very expressive people, right? Like our culture is expressive in all ways, shapes, mm -hmm. like that's just how I would classify our culture. It's one of the description words that would classifies our culture. Yeah, we're expensive. Um, so to him, because all he sees me, but all the other parents he sees are not like me. So of course he would think I was expressive and like do the most, right? Because all his friends' parents don't act like me. Um, anyway, in that conversation, you know, I, I tried to explain him out. And I was telling him, I was I kept the room, I was like, damn, listen, understand, like. You gotta understand a lot of your parents, a lot of your parents, a lot of your friends' parents are white, they parent differently. Um, that's all you see. Like, and because I don't have um a lot of family from a family aspect, he didn't get to he wasn't raised in that type of like environment to see that I'm moral. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually yeah. tuned down compared to like, you know what I mean, some of the people I know. I kids relate like way too well because Ari's just like, I mean, being, you know, born and raised in, that, in the dance studio, mm -hmm. most of the, the people she dances with are, are white. Yeah. And um, the lifestyle is like totally different. Yeah. Like she would be like, you know, why don't we have like these big, huge, you know, houses and da 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 Like she always kind of, I wouldn't say compare, but I guess she was just confused as to why, you know, it's things different. were um, You know, a lot of, you know, their kids are a lot of leeway, a lot of, you know, just up and go or just, and I'm more cautious. I'm going to ask her a question and she doesn't understand that. She's like, well, you know, so-and-so does it, this person does it, does it, but they never, he never understood like why um, it was so different for us or why she wasn't able to do the thing, some of the things so fast that they allow their kids to do. So we, we still kind of, you know, mm -hmm. but I have to remind her I mean, I don't want to, I never try to get too like political or whatever, but I try to remind you, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's a huge difference and different. And I try to, I won't name all the ways that I try to tell mm -hmm. her because it's probably not appropriate, but, um, you know, I have to lay it out for her. Like, this is, I mean, the most you know, basic it, one is, is if they all get pulled over, they're going to they gonna harass her the most. Yeah, I definitely hit that. Yeah. And that's the bottom but line. My, I get so angry and I guess I have to work on it. Um, and my reaction gets worse because she is so naive to that. Mm 
Mm. Um, even when, you know, I talked to her about, you know, you want to go be at all these auditions. You know what I'm saying? You look different for her. She's like, you always put everything on race. Let me you ask. always put everything on this. But I'm like, no, I'm trying to tell no, you. Like, not even race, just body, body style. Like, you, body you style. audition, I don't want you to think that you're not an amazing dancer because, but she, and I guess she's like, I'm not, I'm used to that. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, no, it might get you different when you get out here, like, the, you know, the real world with people who are older than you. But she's always like, you're just so, she shuts down and does not talk to me because she's like, you're always so focused on race. But I mean, it, it bothers me because I'm like, you really don't get it. And I think I need you to get it before you get out. Here. That's inter- That's an interesting perspective because I think what has gone gone on, and I think that because I think what's gone on, what's going on in the world and how much is broadcast. And Daniel's not social media. He doesn't have a, um, he doesn't have, a, he's not on like Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. But um from what's broadcasted on social media and the movies that we sat down and watched um, and the conversation his his friends are having, they do actually have conversations about race, um, which is, right, I was surprised. Um, but it does come up in conversations that he's having with his friends and he sees, um, even in school, like they, they sit down and have conversations about certain things in school. So I'll come in and I'll be like, did you hear about this? He was like, yeah, I heard about it. So mm-hmm. like, um, I find it interesting that she's so, kind of like naive to like even what's going on in the world in well, the I don't I don't think I wouldn't say she's naive because again she does have those conversations with her friends but okay. when it comes from mom it's just like a whole foreign conversation but I'm like it's the same I'm trying to have the same conversation with you but I guess they talk about it differently but anytime me or mother brings it up um it's just like something negative and I'm just like I'm trying to really help you out here saying some what I know and she just like for her she's like the world's not there anymore you know, based on what she knows of her and her friends. So I was like, all right, so you got it, girl. But I'll be here to hug you up when, when you have feeling. experience. Yeah, they, that's, that's when you're feeling. Learn my experience things. I'm going to be here to like have you and hug you up when you get your feelings hurt. But you can live in this little, you know, bubble and holla, holla land now. And so you're being sarcastic. I am. But that I can yeah, as well one day. So. You know, those are the conversations. And I guess at this age, I think they know everything. So that's when you got to let them just fall. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be devastated with you. But I was, but I'm going to tell you, I tried to tell you, and we're going to have this conversation again. Okay, don't say I'm That makes me think of, uh, I just listened to um, my Angela talk about when she left home when she was 17. And I, I was her listening. I just recently watched it like two weeks ago, and she was talking. And I was like, "Man, I aspire to be that type of mom." She was talking about when she left home, um, and she had her baby, and she, you know, was leaving home, and she's like, you know, telling her mom she was seventeen. She was like, "Mom, you know, got some kids, I'm gone." And her mom um, was like, "Okay." She was like, "When you cross," she said to her, "I'm getting chill thinking about." She said, "When you cross over this threshold of the door." Know that I know that I raised you. Know that you're raised, um, and that that this is always basically home, and that you can always come home. And she said there was multiple times in her life where she did have to come back home. And she said her mom never once said, "I told you so." Her made her in her energy or or her attitude or her facial expressions never once gave her the energy that it was. I told you so. It was always. Oh my baby's home! I'm happy to see you. She would leave again. She her mom would let her go. 
she would come back again. And every time she came back, her mom was always like, oh, my baby, my grandma is home. I'm so happy to see you. It was like a woman person. It was never, never, ever in possession. And, it, and it, this, the moral of this, my story was that, like, love is freedom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I aspire to be that type Don't of woman. Don't be that. That's hard, though. Like, very young. But it was it was a beautiful story. Because mom, we always want, like, to a, to a point, we always want to be heard. We always want... You know that full circle moment. You know, you want to protect your kids. Yeah, everything, right? And we know that realistically, that's not even appropriate. One, because um, you want them to be able to have the ability to bounce back from negative um, situations and experiences. I'm completely devastated that my daughter's going to 12th grade. Like, I don't. I, this is like I don't know. Well, this, this is going to be the best time of her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. And, and I think you know you gotta remember as parents, we cannot rob them of that. Yes, right. Especially now, um, you know, you can't really kids like they've been robbed a lot. Oh, so um, much. I think their whole high school has like pretty much been perspective that they haven't really had the true experience of all the dumb shit that we did from like. Right. It's almost like they're they're stunted by two years in a sense. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Um, my friend works on the college campus, and she definitely said the atmosphere was very different because it was a group of kids who had to go to school for eighteen months, mm-hmm. and they didn't really get the full growth experience from matriculating through high school. Yeah, that's an important social. Yep. Right. Um, so I think that parents. If you're listening, you're a parent, even if you're not, if you're an auntie, your uncle left, you gotta give them some grace for a certain extent because social media is gonna happen. Like you learn your social skills in school and around people. And then if you're one of those parents who decide you're going home to school, I'm not sure what you look for. Um, and to, to think that they're going to be prepared um, is negligence on your part mm-hmm. um, to a certain extent. That's a word. Um, and I'm using the word negligent on your part because you gotta be foolish to think that they are. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna be a little bit more meaningful to see you probably would want. Um, and a lot more mistakes than you probably had anticipated because they just socially are not prepared. They're not even socially prepared to go to their professors and do what's necessary to ensure they are successful. So the advocate, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you might have paid for freshman year older. And you need to already have it in your mind. Yes, you have to have it in your mind because they haven't had to communicate. I mean, let's be clear. Unless you're in a super progressive school system, they passed them for like a year and a half. For yeah. just, just everything, anything. So do you really think they have the ability to 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 be prepared for collegiate level academics? Absolutely not. Yeah. And that's no shade to any kid that may listen to the podcast or you know, young adolescent, young teenager, young adult. I'm not saying that y'all are stupid. I'm not saying that y'all can't do it. I'm saying that due to the circumstances, you weren't given the full opportunity to mature the way you need to. Yeah, facts. Um, and you didn't get the experiences that you needed to have that weren't going to count against you the way they're going to count against you with the quality. So those, those are all things, you know. That we have to take as parents and, and adults in the children's lives and, and young adults' lives, whether you're an aunt or just a mentor or whatever, if you hold a certain space for this young lady or young man, then you need to be prepared for 
the aftermath of reality. Because see, unfortunately, instead of them going to college and having the best freshman year, they gonna also have the time of their life and they're gonna get smacked for reality in a different way. Oh yeah. right. Oh absolutely. Right? And and that type of smack is gonna hurt if you aren't intentional about their skiing year, if you aren't intentional about being maybe it's a little bit harder on them when it comes to how they build habits this last year of high school. You got a kid that's going to be so great. I'm, I'm talking to you. That's me and you. You need to kind of put a little pressure. They cut on Especially if your child is not going to an agency where they're going to have a little more support, a little more wraparound services, as I would like to say. Right, HBCU like for freshman was like an extension of your parents to a certain extent. It's relatable, you know. If going to a place where it's twenty thousand kids and you're a number, and you sit in the lecture and it's a hundred kids in your class, you gotta put pressure on them that a little bit right now because they cannot be not used to the fact that they are not prepared. I don't think it's not a straight A student. They are not a true straight A student. Independent. Yeah, that's what the, the expectation level has. This expectation level is not valid. Period. I don't care what school system it is, especially if it was a school system that completely shut down for 30 days and didn't do shit. Oh, that was Howard County. Howard yeah, County was not, 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 But it, it seems like the colleges are being more understanding. Like, so they're the being more understanding. They're like, you need to be an SEC or ACT anymore. Yes, to get in. Because they want them to come because enrollment. Because, that. Mm-hmm. because these kids have figured out how to make money without going through all those steps. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with, yes, the pandemic, but it has, it's not a lot to do with the pandemic. It's more so these numbers. But have you convinced your faculty and staff to be on that same page? Probably not. Mm-hmm. If I'm a tenure professor and my expectation is such, and you're at this prestigious place, I'm going to need you to come in here and, and get in line. And our children are not ready. Mm. You know, they just come back to us and say, man, I wasn't ready. Y'all held my hand too much here. Honestly, and when we went to college, we wasn't always ready, so I know. <laughs> um, but we were definitely more prepared because we had to work a lot harder. But, you know, everything was open book. Like, y'all are just taking tests with, you know, with Google. Like, it's just really crazy. I don't, I don't, I'm curious to know, like, what the level of expectation is at colleges now. Like, is the work so hard? Like, you still got to study like, uh, even though. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know the expectation I see, and this is cool. Well, okay. Let's talk. So, compounded with the fact that I think how it kind of takes the place easily on that black kids, especially black boys, I'm a firm believer in that. I feel like they automatically look at our children like they can't. So we're gonna make it a little bit easier. So I always been harder on my children having having that realization. One and two, COVID is just compounded that. So I assumed this year in eleventh grade, this past year in eleventh grade and the second grade that the expectation is it's almost like it was like we're still in. I mean, we are still in the pandemic, but as it almost as it was like in high school, like it's just like mm, everybody's at different levels. We're giving a lot of grace, too much grace. Um, right, like we're not being hard on them. We're 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 um, curving the the 
rating scale, all of the other stuff. And it's just like, I mean, I understand, but at some point, it's like, at what at one at some point, it's going to be to the child's detriment. Well, I've been really, I mean, I, and I'm, it might be wrong, but this is how I've been with my daughter. I'm like, yes, COVID happened, but I feel like these kids are almost using it as an excuse not to, you know, learn or grow or seek, you know, more from their education. It's like, oh, COVID, no, what do COVID? I'm just like, I told my daughter, like, and she's all like, this school has like an 80% acceptance rate. But I'm like, what about the, the, the 20%? Of the people who don't get in, like eighty percent of the people probably did the work. They probably overachieved. So I feel like that's your fallback now. I went through COVID, so but that's not an excuse for you to not have like tried or not to have done this. Like I, I don't, me, I could be wrong. But I don't want to be behind this shit. Like I did in her every single time that she does it, and that she struggled terribly. Like she was my kids. All of my kids were not virtual learners. Yeah, like the virtual learning just does. It's never aided. Like he, because I think he's. He's like naturally inquisitive. You know, so, so he wasn't even, it wasn't that he was like learning much. It was like, oh, I just naturally know that. You know what I'm saying? But for my girls, it was like, I didn't really lose their mind. They were like super depressed. Like it was really bad. But we're moving past that. So what are you doing to like make up for that? What are you doing not to lose on that? Everything is like, I didn't do this COVID. But just your, it's your senior year. We're, we're in a better place. So you got to look at it like your child's not going to tell you, I didn't learn for 18 months, so now I'm behind it. So they're not going to tell you that I'm still struggling now, even though we're back in school, because I don't know the content or the prerequisite for that. I didn't have an effort. If there's no effort, I don't feel issue. I don't feel I'm going to leave. That's not something I'm willing to like move as a mom. Like I can grab your back to do whatever. But you're, you're just not going to do anything. I don't know how to work with that. I hear you saying that because I, I, I hear you when you say effort. And there are, because you didn't, Think about it. If for 18 months kids didn't have to apply effort, we know how easy it is to develop a habit. Look at that adults, right? We know how easy it is to develop a habit and to break a habit. So if for 18 months our kids never had to apply effort to pass, there's gonna have to be uh, some grace and some uh, learning curve like at a time where they're taught like, okay, we gotta be really adjusted to put in some habit. Not only we I don't, I don't know if we accounted for that. I don't know. I don't know if we like. So, so I had this conversation at work today. I had an email talking about COVID, whatever, and you know, the pressure from the government and stuff like that for recovery. And so, my thing was, you know, my take on, my take on it was, Oh, uh, my take on it, and I'm being practical, but my take on it was, and we'll be there to put it, we'll come back to it. Um, the government wasn't willing to do the unpopular thing. Mm-hmm. My take on it was, nobody's child should have matriculated to the next grade when we came We should have started from where we were at. We should have started from where we were. Everybody's child should have been held back a year. It sounds Horrible. No, I can't. It's I was horrible. Yeah. However, there's no way to break an 18 month gap. We're talking about almost two years. In a child development, but we know how, how important it's, it's, it's going to be almost impossible unless every school in this country goes a year round. But in the next three years, in the three, we're being like, we're going to be behind. We're going to be behind. Yeah. And unless you're going to take some ownership parents in your household 
and add some additional tutoring, add some additional whatever, your kid is probably naturally behind. Yeah. Unless yeah. they're just super smart and already intelligent naturally, they're behind. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, there's no way kids learn anatomy and physiology virtually. <clears throat> there's no way you learn physics virtually. There's no way you were doing pre-calculus, calculus virtually. Yeah, my kids, the virtual rules was not. And it took me a long time to realize because I'm like, oh, this is like, y'all not just I being mean, like, even like people that do college online, they tell you it takes a, ter- a certain type of discipline to learn online. I, I, mean, I can never do it online. teach you to be able to teach. Exactly. My son will tell you, and he's a genius, he will tell you some of his teachers absolutely sucked during COVID. And that's the number one complaint with the number one um debate in my household because i'm raising two teenagers i have two 17 year olds a boy and a girl yeah and they are just like we can't learn because the teachers don't know what they're doing like we can't learn because i don't know what's going on and i'm like and my mind are y'all for real because i'm thinking that they got to be variation when you start doing virtual you don't get the opportunity to go one-to-one you don't get the opportunity to see the work being done they may be off camera sometimes. Sleep. Well, you got to jam at my school off camera. See how we're going to get it off too? Definitely sitting in a virtual room with the tent. Yeah. What? We ran it like school. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm tired as fuck. Why? Because we have not stopped. Virtual room with detention. That's that's a new one. I never heard that. Well, yeah, they got the head detention in virtual. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but you had to have you had some some level of structure and expectation. They even had the way they use them. Mm. Oh yeah, that's wow. Right. Mm-hmm. Howard County was not even doing that. You know what I mean? But like it, it so but that's just one school out of the menu where they for 30 days they ain't do nothing. Some school and they were like, if you pass them at this point in the year, we just gonna let you pass. Yeah. Mm. Hell, they not even taking tests to graduate high school. Like there's no aptitude anymore for like you gotta pass this to graduate in some places. Yeah, I always tease my kids like, dang, when y'all have kids, you're going to tell your kids how you lived through the pandemic or when you was in school, when you was young. Like, wow. What was our moment like that? Like, we like, all, yeah, like, 9-11 was the most. That's what we got. And you can't even compare that to not. Now, right, not a lot compared to now. So what? I mean, it was still tragic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now it was like 18, yeah. back to back to back. It was so much on the psyche, which yeah, uh, makes yeah. me excited for our next conversation on mental health. Yeah. yeah. So, ladies, ready. Next time we come back to your ears, we are going to talk about mental health, uh, parents, children, the grandparents, hmm. everybody. Right. The uncomfortable conversation that no one likes to really have, especially marketing. You know.